I think it's really easy for us to think that we can go from where we are now and get to where we need to go and it's just a pill away, it's just a model or a system away or a process away and if we just put that in, then we'll get there really fast. Here's the thing. I think that that is a often quick fix and not always the fix that is really what you build everything out of. It's definitely not the sustainable solution at the table. And I think that part of really understanding the importance of the muscle of human intelligence is when we are able to realize that maybe like this is where we totally want to go or be or start dreaming about and this is our starting point and it's going to be the solid things that we put in place, the shifts along the way that will get us to where we need to go. And part of that is if we think of this bit here, you know, my, one of my famous questions I ask clients every time you come into my, my pathway and work with clients, I will ask this question and it is, what would you do if nothing was stopping you? And when I'm asking that question, I'm not asking it because I want you to have a certain answer. I'm literally giving you permission to start dreaming, to start thinking, to start thinking, what would it be if I could, uh, you know, see things in a different way? What would it be like if I was to imagine the feel that I wanted to create with clients coming in the doorway or my community that I'm building? What would that need to look like? Who would it look like? How would it feel when you walk in that door of the pathway ahead with us moving forward? What would that need to look like? And it gives you permission or me permission or you personally, permission to start thinking, okay, if there were no boundaries, if there was nothing stopping me. See, often we won't even even start dreaming about an idea because we go, how could that ever happen? How could I ever do that? And we start putting these things on us. We start putting our conditioning oh, look, I won't amount to anything because I've been told that all my life. Why would I think I any different? Like, and, and so we start moving across and going, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to uh, start even thinking about it because who am I to think that? Why would I be worthy enough to think that I could have a group that I would be teaching them something new that I think is the way to do it or I can bring as my skill set to it. And so we start this conversation around how we lack skills or have excuses or there's limitations to what we could do. Have you seen my bank account lately? I wouldn't be able to do that. And so we start living in that and going, well, what could I do from that? And it's, here's the thing, when you give yourself permission, what would I do if nothing was stopping me? There's so much inside of you that you've already been thinking about, that you've always wanted to be doing or could see could happen. 
And then that's the piece that becomes the moment that you go, wow, if I was to do that, this is what it would start looking like. This is how it could be. These are the people I would be attracting. This is the pathway forward that I would take people who come into my doorway through. And I love that because that just opens up so much opportunity. And here's the piece that it opens up to. It's not what I think for you. It's what's already in you. And the reason the the work that I do works is because I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not asking you questions and then hoping you'll do this. Like I literally am, uh, am not. I'm literally asking questions to find what pathway would be the best to help you to get the result that you want. I always think of it and I talk about it to my little team and I say, uh, can you just think of our company? Our company as a, a thing where as a company, we, do you remember? I'm just thinking about it. Do you remember when you were at, um, as a teenager, you had those books. I don't know if you know, but I remember. And they were these books that were like, choose your own pathway. And um, like your secret adventure. And that's kind of what I loved about traveling, by the way, was it was like, okay, here's an open book. There's the world. There's all these different ways we could get there. If I want to head here, what pathway would I need to get to get to that bit? What pathway could we choose that would get that piece in there? And it was like so amazing. And for me, that was fascinating. And that book, I would open it up and I would choose this pathway and I'd go down that and then I'd go down that one. That's how I see what we're building as a company. uh, That it's like, well, let's have a look at how we can get you from where you want to be to from where and from where you are now and start figuring out what are those pathways that will get you there here's the great thing about this is that when you dream when you think and you give yourself permission to play as big as you want to be play that is not impossible it's just maybe you haven't got that pathway there right now maybe you need to find that and I think that's where you know it's with human intelligence, we can actually make really strategic decisions that will help us to get on the right pathway to where you need to go. And that pathway and that decision and the choices that you have will be not something that I want for you, although I will want it if that's what you're needing and wanting, um, but it's something that you've already got in your DNA. And all we're doing is wiring our brain or your brain in this case to that pattern that will create that pathway forward. And I find that fascinating, but that's where the muscle of human intelligence is such a, for me, a secret advantage to increasing your economic growth, but accelerating at the same time the culture impact that you bring, because it's so everything about you to get you there in those pathways. So what's important about that is being really strong 
once you've asked that question on what that vision is, I call it the V spot. I love being a bit disruptive in the work that I do. So, and you know, when I'm drawing what I call a decision DNA culture pattern, if I put that in the middle, it becomes this big, like it's it, often if the vision is quite big, then, you know, it takes up so much spot. So I just called it the V spot. And uh, the V spot is the thing that is really the center of your whole thinking on whether it's your company, business, organization, whether it's uh, the next initiative that you're building out on, whether it's a project that you're doing, it is the V spot is the vision and it holds it. And what you need to do to hold that vision in place, a vision is great. Thinking this, dreaming this doesn't make what your starting point is, doesn't get you there. It doesn't mean that that vision is going to be a vision that's necessarily going to happen, right? And so this is where it becomes important. We've got to dream this. We've got to think it. We've got to think, you know, and there's there's a framework within that vision that I teach as well. And that framework has, you know, who are the people that you are serving? What What is it that you're bringing? Things that are actual you know, results that they're going to get. But it also, it encapsulates the bigger vision for what your your company is about. And it's that bigger vision. And then it's like, well, let's take you on that journey. And it talks about that. That's your V spot. That's the thing that everything is going to be built out on. And then to hold that though, there are two things and to make sure that this is going to actually get you and move you along. And they are the four pillars that will make up the vision. So there's four pillars and these are actually, what's interesting about these four pillars that will hold that vision for you are also the four touch points that you take people on a journey when they come in your doorway. It's so amazing. I love patterns and I'm, I always talk about patterns and I'm fascinated with it. And I'm not sure that most of you enjoy it as much as I do, but I love it. I find it fascinating because it's a, such a great way for us to be able to use our human intelligence to, to wire to a pattern and then get, you know, increase our growth and such like, when people say, hey, I want to be able to make a decision and I want to be able to do it at the speed of, this is one of the reasons that I can help you make the right decision fast is because, and and we get speed to your execution of getting you along that pathway, is because we really like link into the muscle of human intelligence. And when you can do that and you've exercised it, it, it becomes even faster. And you, just like if you've got a muscle and you're at the gym and you're doing weights, you know, at first there's like, you know, there's not much there sticking there, you know. there's It's kind of scary just even thinking about that. Then you do your exercises and you get the right positioning and, and the right tension and, you know, sometimes you even take, uh, you know, recovery and time out and whatever that looks like to build that muscle to will give you the capacity to then play at a different level. And the same is with our brains, the same is with our human intelligence, that there is um, – a muscle that you've got to work and the human intelligence. So I, I, 
I know I keep saying this, but because it's such a, and if you're new to my world, human intelligence for me is the data in which we have in our brain. The data that we can access as a human, we've all got it. It's just, what are we doing with it? What could we do with that? How could we use it more effectively? And what if we were able to access that in in a much bigger and better way? And I think that this is an important piece to it. So, you know, when you are able to exercise the muscle of human intelligence, you're able to now grow the capacity that you have as an individual. And then, of course, as an individual, that's going to have a massive effect on maybe it's the community you're building, maybe it's your business organization, company, whatever that is, right? Um, It's the domino effect, the ripple effect of that. It's pretty powerful. And I, and I think that this is something that's very fascinating is when we can learn how to do that more effectively. So vision is really important. It's something we're working towards. It's something that we are saying is our non-negotiable. This is what it's going to look like. This is where we want to head and this is what we're going to do. So here's the thing. We have that vision. Now, what are those four pillars that we need to hold that vision together? And that is key to it, the four pillars. But do you know what? The four pillars are great. When the going is great, it's easy to do it. We know we're going to do this, to move to that and that, to get to there. We know that. We can do that. What I find interesting is you can have a great vision, you can have the great pillars, but if you don't have this last piece, and that is the drivers, then you actually will struggle when you go through challenges. You'll struggle when it gets tough. And most people, like when I've looked at the patterns, I would say everyone, but I will give it a little bit of a benefit of doubt. But who I've worked with and what I've seen in my work is that the ones that have not been able to achieve what they wanted was their drivers weren't strong enough. And depending who you are and at what capacity you play at, those drivers need to need to really show that value on the other side of it. What I mean by this is if I'm a if I'm a solopreneur, a business owner, an entrepreneur, a coach, whatever it is, right? The consultant, that level, then I'm probably building out a business. And if I'm thinking of that business, I've probably got four pillars and it might be um, you know, four good pillars. But you might think sales is one of my my drivers. I need more sales. And you might think dollars is one of my thing. Okay. And another one might be community. It's important that I grow a community so that I can sell, so that I can build this, so they are drivers. And maybe the last one is you've got family and and I want to be able to provide for my family. And so they become your four pillars. And that's fine. They're great. But they will be get you to a certain level. What is interesting is 
And I get to play in the global space, as you know, and with global leaders. And when you're playing in this space, your your drivers have to be way stronger. A lot of it's more long-term. A lot of it's about sustainability, so it doesn't happen overnight. And a lot of it's about building partnerships that you've got to start nurturing, having a conversation with, and then take to the next levels. And so that doesn't happen overnight, so it's not necessarily a quick sale into it either, depending what it is. And and you've got to nurture it over time. Well, sometimes... It's not waking up every day and everything's happening and you've got that next success and the next success and the next win. So how do you do that and how do you sustain it at such a level that you're having to work through, just think of it as global problems and then bringing global solutions. That is a huge, huge gap. It's an extreme from the problem to the solution. For you to be able to do it at that level, then your drivers, I believe, and I have seen it time and time again with amazing global leaders, with movement leaders, and definitely with those that are industry leaders of their field, then your drivers need to be really strong. So if you ask me what my four drivers are, all right, so number one, disruption is humanity. Um, For me, that is when I can disrupt patterns, when I can see how we can disrupt from problem to solution, it's humans, humans as stakeholders. That's, that for me as a driver, that means that when I find as an introvert that, you know, it's hard for me to get up. It's hard for me to have to make that tough call. It's maybe I've got to have a conversation with someone and interview them and I'm feeling less than, than, on my top game and starting to doubt everything about me that I can get in there because this is not about me anymore. It's about humanity. And if humanity are stakeholders, then I need to get up and do what I'm meant to do every single day. And I love that. So collaboration, the thing that, um, disruption, innovation, sorry, innovation, the pillar is innovation. The driver for that is actually patterns. What I realized was that patterns, and and this became a massive fascination as a young girl because I saw things that I I wish I hadn't have seen, but it's taught me so much. And I wish I hadn't have had to be the receiver of, but I've learned so much because of it. And I looked at patterns of people who had been brought up in the way that I had or experienced what I had. I looked at patterns of people who were successful, people that seemed to be so confident and, um, you know, absolutely had voices at the table. And I was like, what is the difference? What are they doing? What am I not doing? What are, what could I do if I was doing it? And, and what result would that bring? And I became so fascinated with that. I became fascinated that if I was to help young people, not just to be motivated and inspired by what I had to say, but that actually I could help them to change the patterns of what they were doing so that that would actually bring long lasting change to their world and they could then become the potential that they really want to do and get out there and do what they were meant to be doing. I realized that patterns became such a important part of that and that's where I began this huge journey 
not just where I began it, but as, you know, literally hacking the human intelligence of, of the physical, like our brain has a massive part to do with our physical and our physical has a massive part to do with our brain. And so that kind of like extremes, if you're not careful, they work or they can work for each other and with each other. Or they can work against each other. And I had that happen in my own world when I ended up in a wheelchair. I had it happen when I had a son who had a brain that was half speckled of brain damage on one side and then the other half totally brain damage. But I also realized that we can hack that pattern and access different pathways to get different results. And that's what happened. And I've watched and I've collected that data because I've used my my human intelligence, you know, the data in my brain and or the data that my body holds within its DNA, the and I now use that to be more effective and to to work at a capacity that I can now bring to the table and help others to do that as well. So patterns get me up every day when I don't feel like working through this next challenge, I go, what is it that I'm not liking about it? What if I was to like about it? What would it need to look like? And how can I get to that space? I remember, you know, last year that so many leaders were giving out, giving out to their communities because the pandemic had hit the world and myself included that by the end of the year, exhaustion. And I was like, well, Okay, this can't, can't go on forever. The pandemic's not going away overnight. Some of those stresses, challenges that continue to be our new norm for the moment has continued, but I cannot be as exhausted. So how do I refuel? What will I need to do to make sure that I, you know, that I'm taking in the refueling as the year goes on, not just waiting for the end of the year and to refuel. And so that's, that became really important for me to go, well, what are the, what is the patterns? And if I look at what patterns refuel me, what do I need to do? And one of that was curating spaces that I love to maybe innovate in or spaces where I have conversations like here on the decision table or on on um, in this part, this space in my office. And then I've got another space over there that's all my training and, and I get in there and I really engage in that because I know that's that part. So, you know, curating spaces became an important piece of knowing how to refuel for me and exercise. How am I doing that? What does that look like? What am I willing for that to look like? Making sure that I'm balancing it out from hard workouts and intense ones to maybe just getting movement and, and putting that in as part of the priority. Those things refuel. What is it that refuels you? What do you need to do? What is it that would make it a, you know, a space in your environment that you go and you can breathe. That is one of the most important things for us to do as well, right? Is to take the time to refuel ourselves. 
our human intelligence. Being intelligent doesn't mean that you have to use your brain all the time. It might be to rest the brain. Like any muscle, I believe that it's important for us to rest it. I I believe that it's also important for us to enjoy the journey. Anyone that's worked with me knows I like to have fun and I will just say crazy things as we we do things. And I love it. I love to laugh. I love to enjoy. And that is so important as well. So what are you doing to refuel and make sure that as you work this muscle of human intelligence, that you're feeding it good things, refueling it. So part of that is, for me, curating spaces. Part of that is making sure I'm having the physical. The other thing is making sure that my nutrition is good, that it's beneficial. It's helping me um, to produce the things that I need to as a as a, you know, in my age group now. And by the way, I'm in the 40s, heading to the 50 pretty close now. So, you know, when, what do I need to make sure that I can do this well? What does it need to look like? What, and and how do I need to do it? How do I, if I'm going to work really intensely and focus work, how do I balance that out to maybe, spending time with my paper, my pencils, my eraser, and just just designing. That's so much fun for me. You need to find out what that is for you so that you can give your muscle of human intelligence some time out, some time to recover, to refuel, to feel good. And sometimes that means having some fun going on adventures, whatever that looks like. And adventures, I don't know about you, but have definitely changed for us. Adventures used to look like a lot of traveling and and experiencing new places. And so it's figuring out what do those adventures look like now? What could they look like for you? What would be fun? Maybe it's spending more time with your family and connecting and just going for walks, going for swims, going, having a meal together, whatever that is, make sure you're putting it in because all of those things will help you to have this muscle of human intelligence that doesn't fatigue and we don't need brain fatigue. I've actually had brain fatigue. I've had, um, I, when I got hit with COVID, I was on the first stream of it. It was five and a half weeks of wondering whether I was going to make it through. And I will never forget the fatigue I felt through that time. And it reminded me so much of the, the time that I've fought in the past when I ended up in a wheelchair with, with extreme pain 24-7, and I would get brain fog. I so appreciate my brain so much nowadays, and I look after it because having had those two extremes of where you use your brain and and I'm so grateful for my brain and what I'm – by the way, I've had to learn how to use it. When you're dyslexic, you don't think like other people – You have to even, sometimes I slow myself right down because my brain's working so fast that if I spoke at the speed that my brain is working, I would stutter, 
I would say my words back to front. And you probably wouldn't have any idea, literally any idea of what I'm trying to say to you. And it wouldn't make a lot of sense. And it would be like, you know, when you've got a puzzle and there's all those pieces, it'd be like throwing that box up and you just see all these pieces going everywhere. And so I've had to learn ways in which to unscramble that pieces of puzzle so that they work together and we get a beautiful picture of what that looks like. Whatever it is that you have to do, you need to work with your brain, not against it. And part of that is refueling it, looking after it, giving it rest when it needs it. And then, of course, part of that is learning. Learning and development is so important. I cannot press this enough. One of the things that I was so grateful about when I was traveling the world and excites me too is the fact that I realized I know very little. And the more I traveled the world, I realized there was so much more I could learn. And that was so exciting for me as a human being because I realized I can keep growing. I can keep evolving. And that's part of using a muscle is that we're exercising it. So you've got to embrace whether it's reading, listening to podcasts, listening to shows like The Decision Table, whether it's uh, you know, making sure that you have, you know, listening to mentors that are training in different ways and getting, listening to their lenses, putting some of that into action, going, no, that's not for me. It's, it's when you can start accessing the, the data that your body has within it, that you can really rely on your decision DNA. And that's where you can keep growing from. And just the world's your oyster, baby. Like seriously, when you uh, are able to know how to work with it and not against it. And, you know, that's part of why we are using the lens of human intelligence. And the importance of that is because when you do realize that, like I said earlier, there's a secret advantage to being able to use the muscle of human intelligence. And I think that this is exciting that we can begin to have conversations around this. And I also know that when you actually exercise it and you start building it, your capacity just grows. And when your capacity grows as a leader, then the capacity of the community or your sphere of influence also grows because they will only ever grow to what you can grow and what you are bringing to the table. So I'm always like, okay, if I keep growing, then the people that are around me are going to keep growing. And then like, it's like this domino effect, this, you know, it's, it's a powerful thing. All right. What are you going to do with what you've heard now? Are you going to exercise the muscle of human intelligence? Maybe it's actually to figure out how do you have some recovery time? What do you need to put in place for you to have recovery time? Maybe it's actually that you don't even know that or understand how to access some of the, the amazing data you have within you. I'd love you to reach out. I'd love you to connect. I'd love you to, uh, you know, get the support that you need to help build the muscle of human intelligence. So please, I'm here and 
I would love to serve you if if you think that this could be something that could help you to to have the advantage of bringing such growth to what you are doing, where you're wanting to go, what you're wanting to do, and help you to figure out the pathways to get there as well. So, you know, you're not alone on this and it's not something that we get overnight and it's not something that you just, you do it once and it works. It's a continuous, like the gym, you've got to work at that muscle and, you know, we have an amazing muscle memory, by the way, that even sometimes when we get tired, sometimes when we go, I just want to, I just want to be, and that's okay. But we want to be that brings change, that adds value, that keeps moving forward at times as well. And so there's spaces for that, and then there's spaces for you to keep moving forward. If you want to be moving forward, if you want to get to your next level, then learn how to exercise and to use and to really develop the muscle of human intelligence. I hope this has been really helpful for you.